Welcome to another episode of Product Thinking. I'm Kyle Evans, and this week we are talking about product discovery interviews, a guide and framework for effectively talking to users. So understanding a user's problems and delivering a valuable solution is what product management is all about. But how do we do that first part? How do we really understand a user's problems? That is where we need to do product discovery. If you aren't familiar with product discovery or just want to dive deeper, let me recommend an article for you called Product Discovery, The Beginning of Good Product Development. Uh, It was one I, I wrote a little while ago and is still a great read. So check that out. Uh, The link is in this week's newsletter. So check that out in the show notes. So product discovery is really about uncovering things. It is discovery to us in that we may not have known about it, but our users know. So we have to get them to tell us and show us what their problems are. It's partly like discovering a new land which was really only new to us, not the people who were already there. And partly, like slowly unearthing a dinosaur fossil or a hidden artifact. We won't dive into the full process of product discovery here in this discussion, but let's continue talking about product discovery interviews. What is a discovery interview? Product discovery interviews differ from other customer interviews in that they help us understand our users and their problems. So I see user interviews as a continuum. On one end, our product discovery interviews. These types of interviews are broader, more open-ended. They are meant to understand users, define problems, generate or dispel ideas, and overall help us and our teams empathize. They're not about presenting solutions to users. They are for us to understand. On the other end of this spectrum, we have more structured interviews. They're more focused on UX. These types of interviews are when we have product solutions we've created and we want to refine and verify them. This would include putting a prototype in front of a user to get feedback or having a user walk through a specific workflow. So you can think of this spectrum, and I have a diagram of this sketched out, of course, in the newsletter. So check that out, where you have broader product discovery interviews on one side and more specific user experience interviews on the other. So you can think about that. Uh, This, of course, is a general guideline. User interviews can be anywhere in between, but it's a useful framework to think about that and the differences in these types of interviews and discussions. So why do we do discovery interviews? Uh, Why should we do them? Discovery interviews help inform the problems we are solving. This goes for startups with no traction to products that have been in the market for decades or longer. You can't know if you're solving the right problems without talking to your users and customers. Additionally, it is easy to fall in love with our ideas and our solutions, but there are far too many solutions out there searching for a problem to solve. Not that these are bad, some are great, and we may love them as our pet projects, but most of them cannot be viable businesses or 
successful long-term ideas or products. You've probably heard the phrase, fall in love with the problem. We repeat it often in product development because our solutions will often change uh, the products that we build, but we can always come back to the problem we're solving and who we're solving it for. And that is why we do discovery interviews to keep us focused. So next question, when do we do interviews? There are several times to do product discovery interviews. First, when we are trying to understand anything. If you're working to understand users in a market space, you should do product discovery interviews to gain understanding. If you're building something new or have an idea, you need to gain understanding as well. If you are new to a space or to a company or a product, You also need to gain understanding before you try to create solutions or solve problems. You need to get out there and understand. Next up, when you are trying to answer specific questions about problems or assumptions that you have, we all have questions and we all make assumptions. It's just natural. It's part of what we do. You should answer those questions and try to ultimately disprove your assumptions, not confirm them but get out there and try to disprove them. Uh, In our team right now, we have a specific set of problems we're trying to understand. We have also made a few assumptions and hypotheses that we are testing out. But before we build anything, we know we need to understand what problems our users and our potential users are facing and why those problems exist. So we're doing product discovery around a targeted problem set focused on understanding what customers are doing right now to try to solve problems, if they are genuine problems or not, and why they've done things in a certain way. Finally, you should have a regular cadence for general discovery and understanding. When you're building a business or building a product, set aside regular time to talk to your users and understand their problems, how they are solving them, and how they are using your solutions. These conversations don't need to be overly formalized or specific to your business or product, but they should keep you in touch with your users and the people closest to the problems that you are solving or attempting to solve. Uh, Some of the best ideas and interesting solutions come from these types of conversations. In one product I was working on, I had regular meetings with users to discuss their problems and how they were using our products. These were typically informal and just allowed me to see our users in action in their environment. In one case, I noticed several users skipping one of the initial steps we had put in place to help them. I casually asked about it and they mentioned it wasn't really important to their work. Well, we had thought it was very important to their workflow because it was important to our business, but our users didn't care that much. And while we couldn't take it out for a variety of reasons, legal stuff and and whatnot, we knew we didn't have to dedicate loads of time towards optimizing something that few people cared about. So that was important and important realization. I would not have seen that if I hadn't spent time watching people work and asking questions. It wasn't on my list of things to review either, but just came up during a discovery interview, which is why it pays to do them and to keep time for general discovery. So 
Finally, how to do interviews. Now that we've talked about the what and the why and the when, let's dive into some of the how. So a couple steps that I have found useful. Plan, starting out by planning. First, it's important to understand your goal or goals for product discovery. What do you hope to accomplish? What do you want to learn? This could be very general as discussed previously or more targeted. You should create some goals or questions you want to answer as you do your product discovery work. I like to have some overarching questions I'm trying to answer in my product discovery. Things like, how are companies returning to the office? This gives a framework for questions you can ask and gives you something to return to, a goal for your overarching discussion that can lead to more questions, uh, more specific questions or more targeted questions, depending on what your big question is or your big questions are. You also need a plan for who you're going to talk to. Do you have certain customers or users you're trying to target? What segment of users do you need to reach? If your answer is everyone, you need to do some more work. You need to be specific about the attributes that will be helpful. Demographics will probably be a poor choice, so don't get caught in that trap. Uh, But users was less than half of their workforce back in the office would be a much better start. You can keep getting more specific from there depending on what your use case is or what your business is or what your product is or what the specific feature is. Uh, You can also plan out the questions you'd like to ask. This isn't a requirement, but can be a helpful tool if you're trying to standardize across a team and are focused on a specific area for discovery and want to ensure everyone is getting similar information. Uh, And you can see that the template that I provide uh, in the newsletter. So again, check out that link. So next up, so first is planning. Next is the actual execution. So once you've planned it's time to execute. You need to actually talk to your users and your potential users. Not all discovery interviews or discussions need to be formal. Some of the best discussions I've had have been very informal chats that have happened as I've caught up with former colleagues or after formal calls have ended and we've just been chatting. You can, of course, be more formal. This may mean setting up formal discovery calls and following a template that you've created. That's fine. Remember, you want to focus on the goals you've created, the important question or questions you're trying to answer, and what the problems really are. And importantly, you need to ask really good questions. As I discussed in my review of the mom test, asking good questions is really hard. Most of us ask bad questions, or at least questions that lead to bad answers. So we need to focus on questions that lead to concrete answers. For example, would you buy a product that solves XYZ problem for you is a bad question because everyone will say that yes, they would buy a product like that. Why wouldn't you? Uh, A better question is what solutions have you tried to solve XYZ problem? That gets to a concrete answer. What have you done in the past? Not what would you do in the future? Uh, This came up in another conversation. Uh, You don't want to ask leading questions that you know, get to very leading answers, uh, you know, asking about, well, what do you think about XYZ feature? And, you know, do you think that's a good idea? Most of us, if asked a question like that, will say, yes, I think XYZ feature is a great idea. That's not the kind of thing that we want to ask. You know, we need users to 
come up with their own ideas to address the problems that they're solving. We don't need to lead them into the things that we may think are right or the, or the things that we may think are most important for them. Uh, as humans, as people, we all want to get along. And in order to do that, often we may lie to each other. Uh, and that is how we often ask very bad questions, which can lead to misrepre misrepresentations or bad answers. So keep your questions open-ended so your users can talk. Ask them to give you examples or show you examples of what they do or what they have done. Talk as little as you can. Don't lead them. Remember, you are there to learn, not to show or to tell or to lead them in a certain direction. You just want to understand, not give them solutions. So finally, reflect, the last step. Once you've planned out your interview and executed, take some time to reflect on what you've learned. Make notes and share with others on your team or in your organization, especially if they haven't been involved. Uh, this is a critical step. I like to get others involved in discovery as much as I can because it helps everyone understand why they are building products and what we are trying to accomplish. Not everyone can be on every call or in every discussion. So take time to walk through what you learned and why. This teaching has been critical for me. Often it helps others understand the user problems and pain. Other times it pokes holes I didn't see or brings up other questions I may not have noticed. So I can add those to my list for subsequent discovery interviews. In one case, I had a discussion with a few customers about some problems they were facing on a specific issue. I brought that back to our product team so I could walk through and we could all discuss. And one of our engineers raised a few great questions about how they were using our product, why they were facing those challenges. I didn't have a good answer because I hadn't considered it from that angle. So in subsequent calls, I was able to dive deeper into those questions, which is also a great reason to have your engineers join whenever you can. If you keep everything to yourself or just write up notes and send them around, you're missing a really great opportunity both to share and improve later conversations. And this really helps in building that shared understanding and improving the, the process as you go. So a template. I mentioned previously that we're working on, a, on product discovery right now. I've created an interview template to help facilitate this. I've changed it somewhat and linked it in the newsletter so you can see how it's possible to structure a discovery interview. This is just one way and focused on a specific problem set, but you can use the principles for your own product discovery. So check that out. The link to the newsletter is in the show notes and you'll find the template there. Finally, product discovery is critical for building excellent products and doing good product discovery interviews is critical for good product discovery. They go hand in hand. To do that, you need to understand your goals, create a plan, talk to customers, and share what you've learned in order to improve your future discussions and ultimately improve the solutions you offer. Discovery is an ongoing process. While you may focus on specific areas for a time, it's something you should always do as a business and a product person, and you never know what you'll learn or uncover. So that is product discovery interviews and how we can do them and improve them. So again, check that out. Check out the uh, this week's newsletter 
at productthinking.cc. There's a couple other uh, great links in this week's newsletter. Uh, the first one is a podcast that we did, a product conversation with Jens Getzman on product management, writing, working with engineers, and more. Uh, this was a podcast uh, that Jens and I did uh, last week. Uh, super great conversation. If you like product management and talking about that, uh, you'll want to listen to this one. A really, really great listen. Jens is a longtime product manager, uh, and he joined me to talk about pretty much all things product. We talked about the benefits of writing as a forcing function, uh, talked about working with engineers, uh, product management, risk management, uh, just tons of, of interesting stuff. So check that one out. Uh, the link, of course, is in the newsletter. And another one on uh, migraines and medical thinking. Uh, I'm a a sufferer of migraines, and so changing the way that we think them and think about them and perceive them. Uh, quoting from that article, it doesn't matter how severe someone says a headache is from a broad societal perspective. The thing that really counts is when the headache stops them doing. It's the disability side of things, because people with migraine are in a very productive demographic. I remind my colleagues and any funders who care to listen that migraine is a disorder of taxpayers. It's an argument that works. Migraine is finally having its time. So some interesting stuff on uh, progress that they're making there and love to see that love to see progress being made in lots of different areas. So check that one out. Uh, again, I am Kyle Evans. You can follow me on Twitter and other social media at Kyle Larry Evans and all the links in the show notes. And I will talk to you again next time.